Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hope you're all doing okay with everything that's going on at the moment. This episode, hopefully you'll really enjoy it and you'll leave with a smile on your face because I'm joined by my friend Cassie Aurora, who you may remember from episode number 46. She's an astrologer, she's a spiritual mentor and a great friend of mine. And we were gonna be going on holiday um, on a trip to LA, middle of May this year, 2020. But with everything that's going on, unfortunately we've had to cancel. I'm really sad, but first world problems really, so I can't complain. Many more people are in worse situations than us, but I'm really gutted and we actually connected in the, the last episode and that's where she gave me a reading on my birth chart which if you haven't done that already um, with a practitioner, I highly recommend doing so because it just opens your eyes up and really personalizes your recommendations as opposed to just the the star signs or the horoscopes that you'd read online or in the newspaper or in the magazines. They're just looking at the sun sign. So for me, that's Virgo, but then you also need to look at the moon and the rising sign. For me, my moon sign is Aries and my rising sign is Libra. So they also um, can provide different traits that you may not be um, may not be aware of and that's why sometimes you can really resonate with certain traits that are associated with your sign but then other things they don't really connect and it's because they're not looking at the full big picture that's very individualized based on where you were born the date and the exact time so you can look at your birth charts online but i would recommend going to a practitioner like cassie to get a deeper understanding and it can tell you so much and it can help with so much so astrology can help with things like um, health issues so if your hormones are completely all over the place and you're quote doing all the right things then definitely look into some more of these energetic and emotional components as well because the emotional spiritual body is just as important in my opinion it can help with financial issues career struggles Um, relationships, finding your true purpose in life, self-esteem and confidence, trauma, addiction, so many things. So if you haven't tried anything like acupuncture, Reiki or astrology as of yet, my recommendation would first be to go to someone like Cassie because she is amazing and can help with so many things. In this episode we're going to be sharing a bit about the whole Covid situation from an astrological perspective and then what's in store for the rest of 2020 in terms of um, quarantine and when we're going to come out and return back to normal what Cassie is thinking based on the planets I don't really fully understand how she does it but the predictions that she made back in the previous episode number 46 did come true (laughs) she talked a lot about my birth chart but everyone was very jealous because they were just talking about my traits so in this episode I asked her to come back and we're going to cover each birth sign and the positive and negative traits associated 
and um, for someone like me, a Virgo, then positives, we can be very organised and um, scheduled and very clean and tidy, but negatives, we can be quite obsessive and controlling. So there's going to be some negative traits associated with all of them, so just take it lighthearted with a pinch of salt and we're all just having fun here, so don't, please don't get offended. So let's get into the episode and all of Cassie's information about her services will be in the show notes. So definitely check that out. But let's get into the episode now with Cassie Aurora. Cassie, welcome back. I know you've been on the podcast before. <laughs> um, episode 46 is the one where you were on initially. And I've listened to that one like four times because there's so much information in there. And it was very interesting to hear your story, how you got into astrology and um, the health side of things as well, your own health struggles. But in that episode as well, interestingly, um, I think we were recorded in December and then you were talking about, I think it was mainly focused towards Brexit. So there was this huge divide and everyone was really stressed out and it was forcing us to really look inside and um, like look at our relationships and community and all of that. And then you said later in the year, there was going to be another huge thing event that happens that stresses everyone and um, it's like another, another challenge from the universe, which coincides with what's going on currently with the whole coronavirus thing so from an astrologic is that the term or an astrologer's perspective what's in store for the rest of 2020 particularly around the whole coronavirus issue so astrologically (laughs) um, yeah like the thing is about this um pluto saturn conjunction that we as astrologers were talking about in january was like no one could have predicted it exactly we could have had many possibilities a few people said pandemics to be fair but it it kind of started and it was simmering away in early january kept hush hush but the triggering of it was mars and mars is like the bringer of diseases so the minute that mars really entered capricorn and started like in astrology, the outer planets are a bit like, that's like Pluto and Saturn. They kind of load up the gun. But Mars, when Mars moves over the point where perhaps they were before, that's when it pulls the trigger. Because Mars is like action. It cuts. It makes things happen. It's the yang energy. It's the activation energy, right? So this is why we saw it all kicking off. Now, I'm not an expert in mundane astrology. Really, my domain is personal and personal evolution. Said when Saturn moved into Aquarius, which was literally when social distancing happened you kind of break it down in astrology you have Aquarius which is large groups of people social social gatherings the collective it's online and then you have Saturn there which restriction imposed by authority limitation government there is no more obvious Saturn in Aquarius word than social distancing it's literally not like it's hilarious and then obviously saturn is work it's our daily work as well um 
uh, it's like businesses and Aquarius, everything's gone online. And it was literally like overnight, but it moved there. And for a week, it kind of hung out there and not much happened. But then Mars got there and bang, there we were. And it's like, now we're going through this whole energy that's a bit like a hurry up and wait energy. It's really funny. And like, we also had um, a lot at the moment since this um, coronavirus really came about was when Mercury initially went into Pisces. This is when we started hearing about it. And then it retrograded. We had a Mercury retrograde. Now, Mercury is basically the lungs. It's respiratory. Uh, Pisces is poisons and disease and immune system. Mercury is also the media, communication, what we're like newspapers, what we're being told. And Pisces is also like elusive and a bit deceiving and you're not really sure so you put these together and you kind of have this mismatch of immune systems going to you know to part lungs getting messed up pisces is something where there's no limits it can't be contained and then you have mercury retrograding so it's like triple times that you know it, it kind of was very inflated and at the points where there were full moons which is when celestial bodies are really heightened. It's where everything astrologically is heightened. You know, the word lunatic. We had all that kicking off. Um, all at those points, those, um, those lunations, those cycles of the moon. But the reason it's been drawn out so long is because Mercury's come back into Pisces. Now it's going forward, but it's meeting up with Neptune. And it's literally the most elusive energy possible so you'll notice that on like facebook and everything conspiracies are flying around you've got people fighting over their beliefs it's just crazy and it's no one knows the truth right no one everyone's a lot of people have some idea that they're being deceived so all of this is playing out and as an astrologer i'm like do you know what as is the macrocosm, so what we're seeing play out on a collective is the microcosm. There's nothing that we can see in the outside world, in my belief, that isn't based on an inner kind of consciousness that we've got going on, like, because it's law of attraction. So as a collective, what we're experiencing is a manifestation outwardly of our inner shadow. And it's really asking us, and it's asking us throughout 2020 with these big Pluto, Saturn, Jupiter movements, because they're all big players. The Jupiter Pluto conjunction now that's happening is asking us about truth <laughs> and Jupiter truth is like wisdom and the truth of the universe. Pluto truth is like, what's the actual truth of who you are? Are you deceitful? What, where does your truth lie? Does it lie in fear or love? Where is your power? Is it outside of you in control? Because Pluto is control and, and like uh, deception, but in a different way, like um, political kind of deception. There will be a big unraveling of truth, which I know some people are very happy about. That won't come till 2020, December 2020, I don't think. Um, but it's also asking us individually, you know, in ourselves, 
when Jupiter comes along and amplifies our Plutonian energy, which is our shadow, our sense of fear and control and real deep wounding, it's like, how can we choose this time in isolation when we're no longer distracted because Pluto is like bringing crisis to show the absolute bare bones of what there is. And like, we're literally now having no distractions. We can't escape our family dynamics, if that's who we live with. We can't escape our fear about health, if that's our issue. We can't escape our compulsions and tendencies to, I don't know, over-exercise, if that's our compulsion, because we're limited. We're having stuff put onto us, like a retreat. It's like we've been forced into a retreat. So it's like, are you going to choose to be panicking about everything we cannot control and all the limitation, or are you going to lean into and say, do you know what? Can't control this. I'm going to dig deep into my psyche and unearth really who am I? Because if every single person did that, this will affect the outcome of it. So astrology is not just one outcome and that's it. It's these are the energies that are lending themselves to, for you to evolve. Pluto in its highest expression is power deep within, which then changes the outward vibration. But it's also power without where your inner vibration, because you're abusing yourself through negligence, is then reflected in authority. And I don't want to say this, I don't want to be start bashing on at governments and saying we don't know anything about the powers that be, but we don't know everything. And so we're handing our power over all the time. Firstly, when we don't choose the power of choice within ourselves and act on compulsion and programming, even when sometimes we're aware of it, but then we give it away through law of attraction we allow ourselves to be puppets, you know? I'm not saying people are puppets, but I'm just saying the point that I'm making is we actually have a lot of power to change things. And right now, I always remind myself, if anyone's thinking, oh my God, the world's so terrible, what are we going to do? Social distancing, wherever people are, whether it's about they're a conspiracist or whether they're, you know, bashing on that the media have got it wrong, it's irrelevant really because the energy is still the same. It's calling us to go in and examine ourselves. And why is it we're so hell-bent on a conspiracy? Why is it we're so anti-vaccine? Can we see wisdom in everything? Can we embrace everything? And sometimes when we don't have a say, how do we handle it then? You know, I've got a huge fear of being vaccinated. And like, we can choose to see things from that fear-based consciousness or an involvement consciousness and that will affect what plays out which is probably not what people want to hear because it makes them feel responsible but what I will say is in order for the mass consciousness to evolve to a place of more benefit and true freedom which I genuinely believe is on the other side of this when Saturn and Jupiter meet in Aquarius at the end of 2020 because Aquarius is humanitarian freedom the collective Saturn is new structures Jupiter is you know it, it's good it, it only brings good really expands 
It's new structures in a way that benefits the collective. It's like a power to the people kind of thing. And the next 10 years will be restructuring the politics, everything that underpins that, I hope. But it requires us now, if we are quote unquote awake, or whatever we like to say we are, it requires us to lead by example, not the need to be right. It requires us to gently shepherd and gently listen. And if, say, there's that experiment about a thousand monkeys, you know, there's the hundred monkeys that learn to peel bananas and cook or something random like that, I don't even know. And without showing the other 900 monkeys, the other 900 monkeys actually like learned how to do it because the mass consciousness of that population was being uplifted. So it's up to those people who are quote unquote awake or aware to not fall into anxiety, to see it, to see their depression, to see their frustration, to see their discomfort and keep going into it, to not run which is what this full moon will bring up is 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 serenity and serenity is not freedom from the storm it's not escaping the chaos it's not avoiding stuff it's the peace within it so if you ask me what's going to happen in 2020 potentially the evolution of humanity is really beginning now there will be financial there's going to be a financial meltdown for sure. It's just because historically, every time we see this in humanity, um, astrologically, there's been a, the square of Saturn and Uranus, which is happening now. So yes, economically, but it brings opportunity and innovation. Those are the important things. It will make us revalue money, which is unset. It's a given because it's about money, but it will revalue money. We will. Um, it's like one of the things I was going to say, yeah. And by the end of 2020, it will look so different. I think September will be a hard month. I think it's going to be a difficult summer. September, we might see a, a kind of rise again of this, maybe of this infection, because you've got um, like a, a kind of aspect going on with Mars where it is now. It's going to be doing a few problems in September, but it could be wrong. It could be more to do with the banking and the politics. Anything that's been underhanded politically, any, you know, if if we are being frazzled to death by 5G, which I don't know, I'm not a PhD physicist or whatever, but if we are, um, you know, that will come out. Full disclosure will happen and it will start now. And what I will say is every single time, there has been a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, like there is going to be in December 2020. A world leader has been dethroned, shot, killed, fallen ill, or come out of power. So expect a big change there. So, yeah, so bold statements. But it's it. like, yeah, it's, we have the choice is what I'm saying, you know? Astrology can predict, but... It depends where we are as humans and how we want to integrate what's coming. So I don't know if that answers your question. Absolutely. It's answered so many questions and I even feel calmer, more relaxed from you just saying all of that. So, And I've been trying 
actively to reframe things and look at the positive things that have come out of this and thankfully like none of my family members have been affected by it at this moment in time and um, my business is pretty similar to how it has been because it is an online business so I do feel um, for those who have lost their jobs or have been cut hours and things and looking at even the air pollution and um, environment improving in these short this short period of time like less um, flights less traffic so we can take positive things out of it so I really love that timeline that you just give us and that reframe about the whole situation and I've heard that as well with the resurgence of the virus later in the year potentially people are saying it's sometimes yeah. due to immunity like coming closer to winter like the summer months it may calm down a little bit because the weather's warmer but astrologically it sounds like there's some other reasons behind that and even in 10 years time there may be another thing because some of these I don't know if you saw like the books where it predicted um the Wuhan the Wuhan virus um, it's like a book from like decades ago and it was saying that mm -hmm. in 2020 this virus um kind of attacks the respiratory system and then it's going to happen again 10 years later so maybe that's something to look for as well but yeah, I really love that. And I think people are really going to feel better after listening to you um, explain that in a bit more detail. It's a bit all up yeah. in the air at the moment. Yeah, and, and it has been hard for people. Like, I'm not going to say that. Like, for me, my whole life has turned upside down. I'm having a personal mad... It's got... I could look at this and be like, my life has gone to shit. I have uncertainty in bags, right? But this all of the work I've been doing up until this point, and this is the whole thing, it shows you who you really are. Who are you in uncertainty? Who are you when everything's been stripped away? Because do you turn to anxiety in the form of a conspiracy? Do you turn to anxiety in the form of I need to be right about what I don't know? Can we embrace ambivalence? Can we get comfortable not knowing? Can we have comfortable knowing we control absolutely nothing apart from really how we feel? And you're so right. And the one thing I wanted to say was also in winter, Ayurvedically, it's kapha season. We're going to go through vata season in autumn, which is the lung and large intestine season. And you know, the lung, it's a lung illness. Mm -hmm. This is September. We get the dry air come in. So it dries out and it irritates. This is why a lot of people get their dry coughs in autumn. But in winter, then they get the phlegmy kapha coughs. And it's a kapha, it's a kapha creating illness, isn't it? So my advice to people would be to get ahead, you know, and get their lung tonics ready. And I'm sure you'll be sharing loads of that, but, you know, get their air doTERRA blend on, get mm -hmm. their on guard on properly. Yeah. This, that, the other multivitamins, vitamin D. It's all we can do, right? Exactly. And I think for me, it is learning to be less controlling. So I'm a bit of a control freak, I admit. And for you, I know that you've like really invested in yourself during this time. So like a business coach, um, studying at the College of Naturopathic Medicine, like really, um, just really using this time to trust and believe that this is the time to um, prioritize yourself and your business and your future. So I really applaud you because other people would be, that'd be the, the last thing on their list, but you understand that this is the right thing for you to do and it's the time is perfect you've got a little bit extra time maybe to look into doing some of these things whereas the rest of the year you may have pushed it off and complained that you never have time to for some people start writing the novel and 
um, start doing some of these uh, meditation practices and know that they have their time like oh do, do I really want to do this is this something that I'm interested in and on the whole yeah. personality thing of being a Virgo and having that type a kind of perfectionist traits what mm. i also thought would be a good idea during this um recording would be to go through some of the most um like the best and the worst traits of each astrological sign because during the first episode it was really focused on my birth chart so if, if you mm. haven't yet listened to that definitely go back because you really made some big connections that were definitely true um, in my like health and history and family all of that so everyone feel, was feeling a little bit left out after listening to the first one they're like oh i want to know what what i should look at and some of my traits so i thought that would be a good idea so do you want to start with like january i don't know i've got like a little list here of the um the different signs so we'll give a couple of positives or negatives for each one starting with those born um how is it best who's it easiest done like starting in january um, aries okay aries. so yeah. yeah go ahead aries a positive and negative traits bearing in mind that these aren't like going to be totally accurate for um some people and it's a, l- a bit of fun so if we say anything that <laughs> offends you <laughs> just take it just take it on the chin <laughs> we're all friends here I- yeah i i'm a girl from warsaw so like whatever i say just remember i'm from warsaw not always <laughs> a joke so it's fine um and you know i mean it with tongue in cheek but um all right so and one question like why does it start with aries so that's the astrological beginning of the wheel aries is the beginning oh it's uh, like march to april yeah that's the astrological new year okay and so funny because okay so i know i'm backtracking but the astrological new year the energies playing out then it was like all this pluto it's it's going to be a big year so i won't go into that more because personally for people it's going to be massive but it depends where of course in their unique astrology so if you have aries strong in your chart so if you've got an aries north node people might not know this so just no i won't do that okay so if you have any areas that you know of in your chart in a progressive place or this is how they need to work with you Cassie, so they can get yeah literally, i literally did a read and she was like oh my god just <laughs> like, okay so the highest expression of aries is the humble warrior the spiritual warrior the pro- the lowest expression okay let's start with that stubborn arrogant single-minded um too independent like a f you i can do it myself attitude um starts things but can't finish them speaks more than they do marathon rather than than a sprint the highest expression they're like a rocket ship they're highly energetic they're charged they're masculine they're forward moving they're truth telling um, and they know what they want and they will just go and get it sometimes without thinking um and they are generally very playful and nice uh, but they can again just be a bit hot-headed and fast to anger and a bit sort of a bullshit you know am i right with mine um because listening back i'm virgo in um sun in virgo moon yeah, in aries ascending libra but you said i was like very scorpio-esque just with my yeah, whole chart 
yeah you have three planets and four placements in scorpio so would i still um be linked to like the aries with all of that because it did sound like some of my yeah. traits that you just listed yeah because your aries moon is strong it's like you're your most impulsive inside so i have aries moon at the exact same degree as you so we're like soul sisters <laughs> also ridiculously impulsive which now makes sense as to why we booked a bloody trip to LA. i know and then we had to cancel hmm fun <laughs> <laughs> but the second time i was speaking to you i was like yeah i'll come well, you know what? You need some Aries in the world. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's move to Taurus. Taurus, to me, generally are a bit more slow. They're quite generous. Uh, this is the best expression of them. They're very down to earth. Um, they're truth tellers. They're honest, <laughs> really honest sometimes to the point where you're like, you lack any tact, but it's fine. Um, they are generally a bit slower they can be very stubborn they can be very slow to change they love the senses for Taurus their their goal their they are the archetype of like the earth sensual kind of kind of queen they want to experience all the sense pleasures smells touch sound taste they love food generally um they need their environment nice so Taurus are really here to be earthy and sensual and just they really mellow out any space like i have mars in taurus which really mellows me out people say how laid back i am and i'm like i am but if you catch my aries moon i'm different so it's where these things play out the low vibration of taurus like i say can be stubborn they can be lazy they can be uh almost so laid back they don't do anything uh I don't know really else. What else? I don't know. I don't think I know any Taurus oh. people. Do I have any of that in my chart? I have Taurus right okay. in my chart, quite progressive. We can be very possessive. And that's over people, things. It's all about material. So we can be possessive. That is true for Taurus, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to like not keep it too long because you know the people who are like, Pisces will be like, I'm not for ages. Like, <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> uh, Gemini, Gemini, your air. So they're chit chats. Sometimes Gemini, Gemini. I had a Gemini friend. She talked at me for three hours on a plane without coming up for air, without asking me one question, without even giving me space to answer. Yeah. Boom, three hours. I timed it. Well, it's two hours, 57 minutes. I timed it. That's I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm going to say that's like their worst podcasting. Great. But yeah, Jesus. Um, do they have like the split personality or is that just like a, a classic? What it is with Gemini, they say that, but they're here. Their mystery school is to be curious and playful. They are here to understand all possible aspects of truth. This is why people say Gemini are so like unreliable. It's be they can be, but it's because they're so curious. They need to visit things twice to really get a concept of the truth because opposite Gemini Sagittarius, which is wisdom and truth, 
of a higher level but the other part is gemini where it discovers it by exploring different things constantly they can be very uh, anxious their mind can be really scatty they can be sort of like relentless and reckless um, and they can be very aloof very difficult to read but it's simply because they generally aren't grounded at all they're ruled by mercury so they can be really big gossips um, not painting a good picture of them really am i but like christina rice is a gemini so at their highest they're providing useful information they're open to all truth they're good at talking they're good communicators they genuinely want to communicate um and that's really and they have seem to have a lot of energy you know um gemini seem to just seem to always be moving and it doesn't tire them um but they are prone to nervous disorders so more the nervous system and again the lungs so so yeah um and how yeah, does how does astrology tie in with like ayurveda and dulcers does it or is it just that there's like similar it does it does it's all linked um i'll, I'll try and add them as i go so gemini's vata air it's it's vata yeah. so air uh, it's dry light so they want to have more demulcent grounding maybe kaffir foods it really depends what's in their chart and it's not as clear as like just because you're a gemini sun because you could have loads of taurus and if then i'm telling you to have kaffir foods taurus are gross mm. they just get fatter and fatter so we, we don't want to give them all the earth foods we want to give them light spicy hot foods so yeah taurus light spicy hot they're prone to um, throat trouble, Taurus. They're often good singers and I'll backtrack. Aries, they tend to, uh, hot-headed is literally an expression of Aries fire. They're more prone to head stuff, mm -hmm. headaches, heat rising. Would they okay, be more cool. pitter? Pitter, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually, very pitter. Pitter AF. Pitter <laughs> AF. Um, okay. Cancer. So cancer are... At their best empathic nurturing very sensitive really good at holding space very mothering very safe cancer is like the womb very intuitive as well at their worst personal experience had a cancer ex <sighs> close minded <laughs> um the victim like they go into their shell they worry about shit without trying to change it. If they're very clo close-minded, uh, they can play the martyr, the victim. They can hold a grudge. They can be overly sentimental. They can hoard. Um, and cancer is a water sign. I would say they're more... I wouldn't know, actually. They... Cancer's mutable, right? It's not mutable. I've told you a filthy lie there. I don't know what cancer is, and I've hang on. Cancer's the breast, the lungs. It's more kaffir. I would say it was more kaffir. Probably it would depend on the ascendant. So your cancer is the breasts because it's the mother. Um, so often when you see uh, cancers, you know, in in sort of a health place, you want to be aware of that. Um, all right, who's after that? Leo. So Leo fire. Again. Um, and Leo is the solar plexus chakra. It's the sun. It's the center. So at their worst, they can be egomaniacs. They worry what people think. They need attention constantly. They become so extrovert to get attention. Um, but their actual 
need in this life and their experience is to experience true self-love and that doesn't come from outside as we know it comes from inside so with leo it's all about the heart uh, they can be very warm very generous very very affectionate they're leaders but they have to lead with love and not with the uh, need for approval and power um, if we think about donald trump he has mars in leo on his ascendant it's very strong so it's like a dominating kind of powerful sort of gaudy energy you know he doesn't really give a shit but he's not very loving either you know it's sort of like a oh very brash so it can be that way to the point where you think are you even aware how big your ego is to the point where it's quite funny hmm. it's quite funny um, and they can be great performers that they're, they're really creative they they love children they love animals so i really like leos um when they're evolved uh, um that's a fire yeah. sign fire yeah fire yeah. pit and they just have to be careful they can be very messy but good cooks they might like food a bit too much, you know, they, they can, and they can be prone to sort of stomach troubles, you know, like too much fire and acid mm -hmm. in the stomach. I have a friend who's a Leo's son. She's just got fallen pregnant uh, very recently and her sickness and nausea is so intense mm -hmm. because she's got so much fire in the stomach, you know? And what about like water signs? Like what would that, which is quite interesting. What would that, that kind of indicate? Depends. Because with cancer, it's all about them being ruled by the moon. So often it's like retention and fluctuation and it's like they're, they're const it's their moods. It's more their mental mood that's changing. Whereas with Scorpio, as we'll get to, it's stagnation um, and blockage. And it's like Scorpio rules like poo and toxins. And, do you know what I mean? So it's more like a backup of water, it's stagnant water. You said I had a lot of Scorpio energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> that's why you do enemas all the time it's very scorpio it all makes sense now <laughs> oh that's funny okay. um, yeah it's funny right okay then you have virgo virgo uh when they are um un out of balance and when they need balancing they're an earth sign but they're very vata kapha they're very uh they're ruled by Mercury. So they can have a nervous energy. That at their worst, they can be critical, uh, which causes them stress, perfectionist, uh, worry about the structure of things too much rather than seeing the whole, seeing the nitty gritty, um, the need for everything to be perfect and controlled and in place when it maybe isn't in their power. Um, in their best, they are the earth priestess. They are the server. They serve the planet. Um, they are able to see where things are not perfect and understand where that falls in nature, you know, rather than it having to be perfect right now, they're open to it hanging there and they can allow things to settle and then move back to it. So they're able to move a bit more, but Virgos are the great organizers and they are really good at helping people take abstract concepts and create them into some sort of tangible form so like knowledge being structured for example you doing a pcos course mm -hmm. is really helpful because it makes it packageable to someone to serve them virgos have to be careful their digestive system uh, is way more likely to get out of whack especially in a vata way depending but um if they're stressed you know you, they'll get it first in their digestion for sure 
um, and they are generally more sensitive beings in terms of what they can tolerate in their body. Uh, Libra, Libra is large intestine, so that's like the colon, ascending, descending colon. Um, so they uh, obviously, this is so funny that you do so many enemas because it's like really Libra, Scorpio, but yeah. It's, <laughs> It's all about um, balance for Libra, as we know, but in their highest form, they're serene, their serenity, they lead with love in relationships, they're able to separate themselves and find common ground and harmonize and really in a way that in their highest expression, really do see the other. But they require freedom, they require the space to do that. If it's expected of them, it will just piss them off. Like, it has to be a choice for Libra. They like aesthetics. They like things to look good. They enjoy good music. They're, they're very refined. Um, in their lower expression, they care too much what people think. Again, they help people in order to really secure something back. Um, they can be aloof. They can flip from relationship to relationship to relationship. They can be flirtatious often when it's like not good for them. They could be cheats. Um, they can be uh, too compromising um, to the point where then I think I said that they might use it against someone um, and they can just generally be a bit like aloof again all the air signs can be but Libras again are an air sign more prone to Vata uh, kind of energy yeah and they can have an ego as well Libras I think it can get a bit egoy because they're very uh, hellbent on what things look like and how the other they are seeing themselves constantly through uh the other if that makes sense i hope people That's see that yeah in a way yeah kind of and what happens if you've got like two um two signs in your chart that are like very opposite then you often will have a placement which is called an opposition you also have another placement called a square. And this is where people tend to feel like bits of themselves want completely different things. What I call a needs conflict or fragmentation. And it requires you to work quite carefully. Uh, that's why I do astrological counselling because it's essentially coaching. <laughs> but I can see it on a piece of paper instead of trying to dig deep for it for like three months. I can just go, right let's talk about this and then it will trigger that so there's usually a need to integrate both into the human experience because that's why it's being handed to us in our astrology but what i will say is different points of life will call on that for different things so like yeah. for you when you might go into a seventh house annual perfection year this is when uh, your moon is more pre is more prevalent and the things that come up around that will come up for you whereas if you're in a 12th house annual perfection things about your sun will come up um, and the planets mature at different ages so you might have both but you realize them at different times because in astrology it takes we've got a whole lifetime right to integrate all these aspects we couldn't just do it all in one year like get married have kids learn to walk learn to talk learn to eat food learn get our degree before we were one years old we would actually explode so it's the same with astrology. So different times call for different things. Um, 
and some are more problematic that's just the nature of it just means some of us have to work harder but the potential is always there in everyone's chart so it's actually better if you have conflicting because mm-hmm. it requires greater awareness so you evolve a bit more i think and what are the most compatible signs and the least compatible signs um well i've still got a few more traits to do okay let's finish them and then we'll do an overview of yeah the most and least compatible okay oh we'll we'll not cause any arguments in relationships we're like (laughs) we're not meant to be together (laughs) oh me and my partner now he is literally my soulmate you're never going to have all good stuff because when you do relationship astrology there's always going to be something difficult honestly you need the difficult you need the difficult otherwise there's just where's the where's the tension Mm -hmm. where's the chemistry you know you, but you don't want there's certain good difficult and there's bad difficult and <laughs> yeah we'll get into that okay so after Libra the Scorpio they are Kapha water they are okay I know Scorpio works so I've got loads of Scorpio so highest expression of Scorpio intuitive deep transformative powerful uh I'm just basically complimenting myself now I think uh, powerful deep transformative uh gosh honest loyal the most loyal um extremely wise at their their best and able to really penetrate any situation and understand things at their very deep depths uh their worst (laughs) hold a grudge um shut off uh comes across as arrogant but it's not they just shut down fearful um spiteful unforgiving yeah they can be uh, quite um cruel manipulative i i could be so vile and manipulative and mm-hmm. horrible if i wanted to be i would know exactly how to manipulate my partner into anything i wouldn't but i would be able to mm-hmm. but i never do but that's the power of scorpio we can be hitler <laughs> Or Mother Teresa, depending on what we choose, right? Um, and they need to watch out for stagnancy um, and their sex organs. You know, um, that's really important for Scorpios. So regular detoxification protocols, uh, which I don't do. Um, and you need the animals, see, I'm telling you. <laughs> I love colonics so much. I love them. But I wouldn't know how to do an enema at home, maybe. Yeah, it'll probably save you like a good hundred pounds, however much, because they like bump up the price so you can do it at home. I mean, now that I've moved in with my partner and his family, maybe I'll wait till <laughs> Yeah, maybe not the, the best time to whip out the enema kit. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so I've got morning, guys. Yeah, date night. Hashtag date night. Yeah. Let's try it. Couples cool, together. Together. <laughs> together. Yes. Love it. Okay, uh, last four okay Sagittarius at their worst aloof undecisive wacky extrovert can't settle um want to possess but do not want to be possessed at their best explorative philosopher philosopher oh at their worst they can be really dogmatic and like a zealot uh but otherwise open-minded explorative uh philosopher explorer adventurer uh, they are ruled by the hips and the knees. They have to be careful of their knees. 
and they're more prone to inflammation as they're a fire sign. Capricorn, Capricorn are earth sign. I have loads of Capricorn. We are our worst, we are self-doubting, fearful, OCD, controlling, uh, closed off, aloof, detached, uh, too rigid. Um, at our best, Capricorns are uh, able to, uh, real business leaders, they're able to create a lot of wealth. Um, they're able to lead and inspire others to create long-term change. They're able to, um, they, they are the mountain goat. They will never stop striving for more. They can be really good perfectionists, but at their worst, it can be bad. Um, they have to watch out for bones, skin, hair. They have to be really mindful of those things to look after them and nurture them. So that's Capricorns. Um, then you have Aquarius. They were all the ankles. Uh, Aquarians are the unicorns of the zodiac. They're weird, wonderful, wacky, different. Um, they need to watch out for being aloof or not on this planet. They need to watch out for not knowing where the line is because to them they're starting to detach from reality. What's important for Aquarius to understand how their uniqueness can then benefit the collective in a humanitarian way. So it's not about being completely aloof, it's about being unique in order to benefit humanity. And they really are here to just do weird and wacky shit, and that's fine. Um, and they are Vata air, they need to be very mindful of their bodies and their health uh, in terms of they need to ground. Uh, their nervous system is also susceptible to kind of like, burnout I guess is the right word because Uranus rules the nervous system and Aquarius they can be a bit withered and sort of bony often or look a bit alien and some of them can just be very broad it depends sort of which way it's played out for them um, and then you've got Pisces Pisces are the feet uh, they uh, have to worry about poisons and toxicities. It's not good for Pisces generally to eat anything like shellfish, heavy with mercury uh, or heavy metals. They must eat organic. They must have filtered water more than anyone else. At their worst, they can be addictive, uh, escapist. They can constantly run away, constantly trying to seek something that they will never find outside of themselves. They're really looking for the connection to God. Um, but at their worst, they can really kind of be victims or heroes and they constantly fall into that dynamic. Um, but Pisces are capable of great love. They're capable of being really powerful healers. They're capable of experiencing oneness. They're naturally super spiritual and clairvoyant as are the other water signs. Um, so they have a unique wisdom, but they really need to learn in this life. It's not about escaping. It's about bringing those abstract universal hidden concepts and other realms and dimensions into the 3d to actually help them benefit humanity a bit like aquarius so there's the rundown in terms of compatibility honestly it helps to see a professional astrologer mm -hmm. but like after six months because if you like decide when you're dating someone and you look at their charts, you've already made a million assumptions about them, you know? So it's not good the, to do. The second but, text is like, what time were you born? <laughs> that, was the, that was mine and Alex's second message every exchange. 
And then I'm like, your mum's a teacher. And he's like, what? I'm like, but yeah, it, do, it doesn't help. It doesn't help because I'm aware of all the places we're not compatible. And in my last relationship, I was like, but it should work. Mm. And actually, no, it's because he wasn't going to evolve. So it wasn't going to. So it really depends where they're evolving. And also, um, there's a technique I look at. You can see if you're soulmates, but it's quite an advanced technique. Uh, but sometimes one person is one soulmate and not the other one. Like, so then what do you do? Like, luckily for me and Alex, we're both each other's soulmates. But yeah, generally, air signs go with air signs, fire with fire, earth with earth. Opposing signs, so like Aries and Libra, Taurus and Scorpio, can, it's not always great. Like me and Alex have that, but it's not always great because you are Venus and Mars. Men are from Mars, women are for Venus. It literally can be that. So again, in relationships, it's about how do you use the chart to evolve? I don't want to say like either because compatibility, it's huge. Yeah, like the most similar signs. Most similar. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say ones that other astrologers wouldn't say based on what I feel. Scorpio and Capricorn can be great. Libra and... I actually think Libra and Leo can be great. Libra and Pisces can be great, but they might never, ever decide where to go or what to do. <laughs> um, cancer is really good with, like, a Pisces or actually a Capricorn or Libra I think um Taurus they can be good with Scorpio actually uh Taurus and like Gemini no like it can happen but it's difficult um Gemini does well with air signs and Sagittarians Gemini and Scorpio can be fatal and or great it just depends um let me think uh virgo do they do well with pisces but they also do very well with librans and capricorns virgo tend to do quite well with a lot of people that mm, leo's not so much uh let me think have i missed anyone out probably oh aquarius. Aquarius. Yeah. yeah aquarius um they just do well with other aquarians Aquarius and Capricorn. Or the I mean, weirdos. Or the weirdos. Or the unicorns. They can do well with Pisces and they can do well with like Leo. Maybe Aries. Mm. They don't do well with Scorpio. Generally. Well, yeah, no, generally. So <laughs> there you go. But people are listening. They're like, oh my gosh, this is making so much sense. They'll be ringing yeah, people from the past like... <laughs> What yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And if you see it in siblings, like that's when you're like, I have no idea why my siblings are so different. They're like mm. Mars and Venus. Then it's like it can be really damaging for the children. So that's why a lot of parents would benefit from seeing astrologers because they can understand how to mediate. Because like my brother was all Gemini Aquarius. I'm Scorpio Capricorn. It was it was terrible. It was awful. I was. And we're still completely different, you know? So it really what does about, count. What about people who don't know the um, the birth time? It's difficult 
you can actually find out. So honestly, like just find out. Okay. And the way you find it is you write to, it's in England, it's your mother's medical record that your time of birth is on. So my mum had died, so I had to go to like a separate, I had to like go to an archive. But I think they keep it for like 25 years anyway. Okay. And it's if worth you, having. Yeah, and if you don't know, you'd have to book in with like an election or astrologer or a birth chart rectification. And what they'll do is they'll like, it's cost a lot though. Election astrology is way cheaper, but you can only ask one question, like one or two questions. And what they do is pull up a chart for that moment. So it's not a birth chart. Mm. Um, and rectification is like a long process where they're like experts. So, okay. so it can yeah. be done. It's just a bit of an effort, but it's probably worth it if you it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. configure it so much. Mm. And last time you gave me a lot of information about my chart was there anything that you think we missed that's important or any like key things just to reiterate again what how old are you now what 25 year? i was born in 1994 oh so you're in your second house year anyway so this is all about money for you also um yeah, this is all about finance for you this year. Um, In a good way? Well, where's your Mars? Yeah, well, actually, it's so, it's literal this year. Through your career, whatever you put into your career will directly put into your financial pocket. Um, it's not that exciting, really. <laughs> um the bigger action for everyone is happening with this Pluto Saturn and for you it's moving into the fifth house again um redefining how is it you have fun you need to be having fun if you're not it's really important um oh I can't do it off the cuff like that right hang on good news <laughs> start with the good <laughs> please you know this whole bloody thing about moving in mm -hmm. September looks like next year it's I mean, I know you know it's going to happen, but I do see it perhaps being delayed a little longer. Mm. Until, until September, hopefully. Hopefully not, no. Um, hopefully not. Because um, I'm not looking at it exactly and when you initiate the move, but what I will say is next year is all about creating a home for yourself because your ascendant in your solar return falls in your fourth house. And it's going to, you're going to experience a lot more power next year um there's going to be a lot of um same foundations in the home you're going to feel like settled and like you can really expand your business from home so it's going to be not a lot nicer um yeah i'm literally doing this off the cuff now um funnily enough just that I mean your podcast might start to really become your focus next year like you might start like I know getting income from your podcast for example next year mm -hmm. so doing mm. your third sponsors come my way <laughs> I know I'm about trying to get a sponsor um and let's look when is this likely to happen right so I reckon okay if this house thing it's 
it's gonna like you might experience a slowing down because mars is going retrograde i think july time you'll see the movement of that i think hmm. i want to oh. say july. and it, that would have been like a whole year since right. since um we like bought the, bought the flat and everything hang on let's just double check the dates when do oh sorry may the 11th it starts to retrograde uh oh for goodness sake it's not giving me any dates should get my dates really before we go on air but um oh oh <laughs> this is not helpful so i think july i reckon by july you should be in there hands down okay hands down. july june um yeah because that's when saturn retrogrades because at the moment it's moving forward so but it will slow down may the 11th like the day before we were meant to go away hmm. we're meant go. to uh, uh, well i know it's just not gonna happen we were like let's hope and pray let's ask the tarot cards what we should do and it was just like unknown unsure we don't know <laughs> like, like every card. And, like, and didn't tell you but i was like this is awful like mm. it's saying absolute categorical <laughs> like, no i i knew deep down i was hoping for the best but we'll have to reschedule when everything dies down a little bit well you know what I mean? Right now, it's time to retreat. This is the North Node in Cancer, mm -hmm. returning to the womb, the home. It's all about these things. So, you know what? Like, the fact that we did it was an action. Yeah. And so it's shown us that we can. Exactly. And We've got, like, I've got everything planned, as you know. I've got, like, every minute of the trip <laughs> already planned, so we can just move that to another month. No problem. Yeah, exactly. I am sad about the llamas. I know. Yeah, we're going to stay at this llama. What was it like? A farm, a teepee farm in like, California. Sure. I saw llamas and just begged you to book. <laughs> we were sold by the llamas, and they did goat milk coffees as well. I bought some goat milk like about a month ago, and I. It's oh, yeah, you said it smells smells like a farm. <laughs> I smells and tastes like a farm <laughs> it may so. taste different with californian um gulps maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> anyway <laughs> thank you so much for this this has been so good as always and Welcome. before we recorded this i sent you a list of potential talking points and you were like um i think there's a lot of things that we we need to cover here so i've got a list of subjects that we can come back to so you'll be a regular a regular guest on the podcast i'm sure yeah. and the everyone definitely yeah exactly a little um catch up every few months and just let us all know what to prepare for any other pandemics that come our way hopefully not but everyone um, needs to listen to episode 46 everyone needs to listen to cassie's podcast modern goddess and i was a guest was it a few weeks ago um it was a while ago a, month, a few months ago now actually 
talking all about hormones. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Cassie. This has been fun. Thank you, and take care, my love. Thanks for having you me too. on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.